0: You are listening to the Cross Kingdom Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from Justin Carpenter.
1: Oh man, worship messed me up. So I don't know if you all have noticed, but there's been a theme over the last several weeks have you all been, been following, following the theme of what's, what the Lord's, Lord's been laying on everybody's hearts? Cords, tents, expand, expanding the tent cords, dealing with giants. What, what is, what, if you could just paint within one or two words of what the Lord's doing, what do you think he's doing? Yeah. And, and in order to take territory... What do you have to face? Right? Well, I mean, you can be like the other spies that sound like they're in a can, or um, or you can be like Joshua and Caleb, right? It says they had a different spirit. And I know I talked to you all about giants a couple weeks ago and reminded you... Uh, that David's stature wasn't really huge, right? David was probably around my, ha- my height. He had a little more hair than I do. Um, probably as good looking as I am. And uh, my, my wife's not here, so I get, I get to get away with a couple extra things. But... Uh-oh. I'm in trouble now. <laughs> So Friday Friday, I was in Bandera and I went to see a, a sweet lady that's on hospice. I don't like doing those visits, but I always go with the intent of seeing them come out of hospice. Um, and I don't care what their age is. That, that's just the way I show up there. And little did I know that I was going to end up getting ministered to by her, so I never cry if you're a visitor. I I, I, very rarely, okay. And um, anyway, so I'm, I'm sitting there with her. We had a leadership meeting last week, and we have been walking through things, praying through things and And y'all see see the floor plan in the back and the the vision of building building a church and everything what we decided to move forward uh, last last week was securing the land land. Um, and so so this this is a big big, this this is is a big big faith walk and And so so, um, me um, and my massive massive amount of faith faith, I said said, Lord can can I I fleece you one more time for the timing of this I want to make sure this is the right time to do this and and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I'm I'm with this uh, with Mary and Bandera. She, she goes, "Oh, by the uh, way, I, congratulations on starting to build your new church." And I go, "Huh?" She goes, "Yeah." She goes, "I saw you posted that on Facebook." So the Lord will bring confirmation, and of course, in that moment, uh, in case you're wondering, that was confirmation. Okay, that that. that, that, that and, and we, we never, never posted any anything about building a new church on Facebook, Facebook never posted anything about that whatsoever. And, and she just said that, and said, I said, are you sure you didn't have a dream or a vision, maybe? And she said, oh, no, I saw it. And, and uh, so I just started tearing up because the Lord, to me, I knew that was confirmation for timing, right? Because in your zeal, you can get ahead of the Lord and make a quick mess, Right? You, you young, young whippersnappers? whippersnappers, ask rich. rich. He knew me and I had a little more zeal about, about 11 years ago and not as much wisdom. But, but he was patient, patient with thankful. me, thankfully. But, but as, as I was processing, processing this week, this week um, um, I, came I came across, across Colossians. Colossians and, and this is, is all going to dovetail back into, into the issue of giants, giants and taking territory. Okay? okay, But in Colossians 4, 2 to 6, it says... Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. <clears throat> so Paul's, Paul's writing uh, in Colossians, and he's saying, this is why I'm in prison. And in, in, in the midst of the spirit-filled arena, we can get a whole lot of emphasis on trying to go up. Go up, focus focus to heaven, and we're trying trying to leave leave here here all the time. time. Are Are you you with with me? And the target is here. The the, the the most apostolic prayer prayer we pray pray is is in heaven, heaven. what? Are you you with with me? me? So just just as as it is in heaven, so in the earth, your will, your your kingdom. kingdom. So So the the kingdom kingdom is supposed to be advancing to here. This is our main assignment. And, and we, we and have been so sidetracked
0: apostolically and, and prophetically
1: with trying to build a kingdom not on earth. Yeah. <coughs> For you revelatory people, you'll, you'll really get that. Paul's focus was the gospel of the kingdom, period. And his heart as an apostle, I sent one, was, was to, to go to places where there were no foundation. And his whole entire focus was get to the ends of the earth with what? The gospel. It was, it was the Great Commission. <clears throat> the enemy is really, really good at wanting to get us to believe we're doing amazing things when we're not. When we're not. And I've, I've watched different movements over the years. And I've watched us idolize gifts at times. I've watched us get event-driven. I've watched us where we hold on to this orphan identity, and we think we've got to get one more touch, so we have to go another place. We have to do another conference. All those things are great. Don't misunderstand my heart. But he died so he could live inside of you. He can't get <clears throat> any closer than he is right now. If he's in you, he's in you, right? Christ in you is the hope of glory. The, the Lord is absolutely changing the wineskin of the church right now. He, he's absolutely changing it. People are falling away. Other people are grumbling and complaining, and they're wanting the old wine and not the new wine, and... And and you see all this, but in the midst of this, I don't know if you're paying attention, but there's a torch being passed generationally. Every time, uh, who was it that just uh, Jack Taylor? <clears throat> Every generation says they're not going to do it. They're they're not going to make the same mistakes the other generation does and they repeat them because they had bitter judgment towards that generation and what you judge you become and so rather than judging what you didn't like you need to release forgiveness and mercy and ask the Lord to change what's inside of you so you don't repeat patterns that are of destruction if you don't face your own fears fear of rejection fear of abandonment, whatever it is fear's got a million faces If you don't allow the Lord to have access to all the rooms so there's only one room, then guess what happens? You will absolutely hurt other people because you're still hurt. Living in denial is only going to get you more pain. See, we we are all experts at denying and suppressing reality. We internally put distance between it. Listen, we, you, you need to understand that at this point in history, we are on the ledge. We are right here in the midst of a harvest. And we are. And you don't have to be a part of it. You can make that choice. But we are absolutely on the cuffs of the final harvest, the greatest harvest you've ever th- seen. And I believe with all my heart. It's gonna pay. It's gonna make acts pale in comparison. But it's not gonna look the way you think because it's not gonna just be a select few on a stage. It's actually gonna be the body of Christ understanding their identity and the earth not groaning as much because the manifestation of the sons of God happens. There's so I, I, there's so many things the Lord is tearing down and building up right now. If if we don't embrace a kingdom government, then we're going to miss stuff. If if we don't understand that you can't fulfill the Great Commission on three offices, pastor, teacher, evangelist, how's that worked out for us so far? And I don't don't mean, it, it says many are called, few are chosen. I joke and I say some show up. I'm not talking about man-appointed offices. I'm talking about God-appointed offices. We, 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 we have to get back because structurally, if we don't have a proper foundation with Jesus being the cornerstone, then we can't steward and, and handle the weight of what is about to come. And internally... Christ being formed in you you understanding your identity because I have news for you the anointing falls on many people and if you don't think you have a competitive spirit and you're all healed up just watch somebody you're discipling and all of a sudden their anointing goes through the roof and they blow by you what you feel inside your heart in that moment will tell you where you're at see if we have a generation of orphans raising orphans if they're orphans, they're only going to multiply after themselves. We we just lost a huge kingdom guy, Jack Taylor. Uh, I mean, on this side of heaven, we didn't lose him, but it is about the kingdom of heaven. It is the gospel of the kingdom. It's not about all this other malarkey. It's time that we grow up. It's time that we stop saying, "Well, I got hurt in church." you'll get hurt in a grocery store. I get my feelings hurt every time I'm forced to put a mask on. Did I just say that? I'm sorry. But every, y'all, I believe with all my heart of the Lord, pulled back the curtains of time right now. And we knew, we knew, we knew how close we were. If we only understood, it says your life's a vapor. It appears for a little bit and vanishes. It disappears. it disappears. It's gone. And only what you did for the kingdom, only what you did for Jesus, that is your legacy, and that's what's going to last. And we have been so sidetracked with so many things, we, we've lost the simplicity of the gospel. We've lost making disciples. We've lost the, the focal point where everything changed at the cross. <clears throat> Paul said in First Timothy 1, 12 and 13, I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointing me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. In the new covenant, there's two different types of unbelief. One is ignorance, like you just didn't know, and that's the type of unbelief Paul's talking about. The other type of unbelief is rebellion. So when, when we are doing things ignorantly, the mercy and the goodness of the Lord, oh, there's so much mercy, he just gently gathers us in. But the moment we bow up and say no, and you have knowledge, and you choose to say no, it's rebellion.
0: Scripture says rebellion is as the sin
1: of witchcraft. Rebellion, witchcraft, and sorcery are basically three points of the same thing. How do you know if you're operating in witchcraft? Galatians 5 says witchcraft actually starts out as a work of the flesh. Witchcraft is intimidation, manipulation, and control. You ever done that with your kids?
0: I was hoping for a better response than that, people. Nope, never. Listen to this.
1: Luke 18.8 says, I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? I don't want to start a holy war on last days here, but you have to be completely blinded to the scriptures. If you, if you don't, don't see, see that, that there's a tension, tension of kingdoms whenever, whenever Jesus returns. Whether you think he's pre-trib, pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib, pan-trib, premillennial, amillennial, preterism, kingdom theology, it doesn't matter. When Jesus returns, we have this tension. And Jesus says, will I find faith? He says, where your treasure is, so will your heart be. Do you know that... Or did you know, I should say, that they actually have done, they've ran the numbers. And statistically, if the church just gave 10%, they gave 10% of their their funds, missions would be fully funded. The missions could be funded and the gospel could be preached to the ends of the earth in 12 months. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Now, Now, this isn't isn't a a sermon about giving, so so hold on to your wallets. (laughs) But But I'll say this, this, that if if you don't give at all, and you know know better, that's rebellion. rebellion. Yes, it's rebellion. I'm not saying giving to me. hear my heart. Everything's the Lord's. In the old, and the old covenant, covenant every, you know, you talk about ten percent to the storehouse, which was food, crops, plants, you to know, to, to keep the, the sacrificial, sacrificial system going. In the new covenant, when when, when the new when, when the when the kingdom came to to fund the kingdom campaign, people were selling everything and throwing it at the disciples' feet, and and they had all things in common, and and it and it wasn't it wasn't the adulterated version of of the, the way, way we're doing things in our government. It was pure, it was kingdom. But I wanna I wanna tell you that I'm hoping by the end of my few minutes I have left that the Lord's gonna show you areas of unbelief in your life that you just honestly haven't seen, but the Holy Spirit's gonna highlight that to you. And then if you're willfully disobedient in any area, that you're gonna repent swiftly, right? It says, "If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness." See, I think unbelief is probably the greatest giant that we face in the American church, and, un- and that unbelief has many faces, just like the fear of faith or the face of fear. I have too many devices. Sorry, I actually had to pull everything out on. Uh, on two of them. Matthew 13, uh, 58. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. You understand, if you really ponder and meditate and pray over that scripture, Jesus could not do any miracles in his hometown because of their unbelief. And he marveled at their unbelief. They didn't believe that he was who he says he was. They are like, oh, we remember him when he was 12. And they were offended by him and it, and it says, says he could only lay his hands, lay his hands on a few sick and heal them. them. You know, this uh, cross kingdom will be five years old in August. What if, what, if the, what if the main thing that's been holding God back from literally exploding this place with his glory is simply our unbelief and the reality that he can do it?
0: <clears throat> what what if we're not
1: waiting on him? In Luke seventeen five to six, then the apostle said to the Lord, "Increase our faith." So the Lord said, "If you have faith as a mustard seed." You can say to this mulberry tree, tree, be pulled pulled up by by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. You know, there are times when we'll pray for people, and they don't get healed. Some of the old school guys would just say, well, you don't have any faith. I'm the spiritual one. Of course you should have been healed. You don't have faith. Get out of the line. No, some people were that extreme. Instead of realizing that they had a pattern in scripture already to deal with that unbelief. Remember, the disciples came to Jesus. Why couldn't we cast out the demon out of the boy? Remember, the father comes, Lord. Your disciples, they can't do anything with my son.
0: And he says, bring
1: the boy here. Jesus was irritated, right? Frustrated. The disciples had already been given all authority and power over the enemy and over all sickness.
0: You understand this,
1: right? Just like you, every one of you in this room that know Jesus, have been given authority and power over the demonic realm.
0: But when was the last time you cast a
1: demon out? What are the signs that the kingdom is here? that the gospel of the kingdom is being preached, that the dead are being raised, that demons are being cast out. These are the signs that are supposed to follow after us. And what, what if we have all of the Lord that we want right now? I don't mean what we're saying in our prayer. Sometimes our prayers can be a manifestation of unbelief. What if we actually have all of the Lord we want right now? Or in other words, what if we've allowed him in all the way that we want at this moment? Jesus didn't die to live in a duplex. Are you with me? Right? You're a new creation. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, so the disciples, disciples couldn't,
1: they couldn't, couldn't deal with it, right? They didn't, they didn't condemn, condemn the Father. The, the Father, Father says, says I, believe, I believe. Help my unbelief. Yeah. He's so like, show me show me, show me. show me the way. way. And, and he, he says, bring, bring the boy here. Boom. Done. done. Instantly. The, the disciples, disciples pull him off to the side. side. Lord. So uh, why couldn't we do that? I thought we had authority to do that. And what what does he he say? He says, because because of your unbelief. He rebuked them for their unbelief and then handled the situation, right? And then they get get alone privately privately, and and he proceeds proceeds to to say, say, but this type only comes out by prayer and fasting. He wasn't talking about the demon people. He was talking about their unbelief. He already told them what hindered them. It's the same thing that hindered Jesus from doing miracles in his hometown. It was the unbelief of the people. Unbelief is kryptonite in the kingdom.
0: And God in his
1: sovereignty has allowed it to be that way because he will not be guilty of intimidation, manipulation, or control of his kids. Are you with me? He's not going to violate your will. It says it's it's the goodness goodness of God God that draws you to repentance. So if you've got a spirit of stupid on you, you just need a greater revelation of his goodness in that moment. Because that's what's going to draw you in. Because you're going to go, oh my goodness, I'm this way and he still loves me. I'm this way and he still blesses me. I'm this way and way and and he hasn't given up on me. I'm this way and he's still wooing me. He's going after me with all of his heart. It says he leaves the 99 to go get the one. I was really wore out, worn out this week, and my uh, prayer ministry schedule is back on the rise again, and we have people starting to come in from out of town again, and, and I was feeling burdened, weighed down, and uh, I went into the gym with Chris Cother Saturday to work on my kingdom and uh, rounds of shape, and... Uh, And And he's like, like, I walk in there, he's like, like, dude, you you got got the weight of the world on you. You You look like you're ready to get into a boxing match. match. You need need to let let go of that burden. Because I can see what you're carrying. You're you're like this. this. I was was like, like, no, I'm not. I'm like checking out my, my hand might be a little tight. And I'm sitting there with Chris right before we go through this amazing workout. And all of a sudden I realize, oh, wow. I'm carrying this burden. I'm carrying this weight. Because God's in the midst of expanding our tent pegs. He's in the midst of, of growing us and promoting us, and I still think I have something to do with it. And so I'm carrying a weight that I was never designed to carry.
0: See, we don't fail in the kingdom. We, we just get to take the test over
1: again. See, in order for you to step into your promised land, you need an upgrade on the goodness of God. Remember, I shared with you a couple of different times over the past few years that one day I was mowing my lawn on the John Deere tractor, and the Lord engaged me, asked me a question. If he asks you a question, shut up and say you don't know. Because you don't. That's why he's asking you, even though you may think you understand. And he goes, do you want to know? And, and this may offend some of you because you probably, probably don't know this person that well if you're offended. Uh, um, he asked me, do you want to know why uh, Bill Johnson uh, operates in the miraculous room the way he does? So I like, that's, that's a good question. question. Yeah, yeah I do. Too. Sure. And he goes, because, because of the revelation of my goodness that he carries. Mm-hmm. That he carries. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe the antidote, antidote to some of your unbelief in your life is a greater revelation of his goodness. If that opens that up, that makes sense, right? If you've tasted and seen the Lord is good, if you've experienced his goodness, and it's his goodness that leads you to repentance, therefore that will eradicate any willful disobedience of unbelief. Are you with me?
0: Hebrews Hebrew says, says this,
1: Hebrews 3, 12, 12 and 13, 13, and then and 16, 16, to, ni- or 16 19. to 19. Take, Take care, brothers, brothers and sisters. <laughs> okay. L- L- L-
0: I could still so make a joke
1: right now, but <laughs> 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 never mind. Um, see, hon, I just heard you through the live stream. <laughs> brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to so fall away, away from, the from the living God, but, but exhort one another every day, day, as long it's as it's called today, today that none, none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. Y'all, <clears> if, if you are, are in disobedience in any area of your life, life guess what's going to happen? It hardens, hardens your soul. Yes. Sin hardens yes. you. Are you with you me? Yes. You yes. ever yes. met somebody who's just hard as nails? nails? Yes. That's, that's the result of sin. That's the result of putting all these walls up, preserving your life, and then losing it, and then being angry and bitter over it. But exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For who were those who heard and yet rebelled? Was it not those who left Egypt, led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for 40 years? Was it not those who sinned? Whose bodies fell in the fell in the wilderness, and to whom did he swear they would not enter his rest? But to those who were disobedient, so we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. If you don't want to enter in to your destiny to your promised land, then simply say, "I don't believe. I think I have a better way of fulfilling my destiny, Lord, than what you want to do." <clears throat> Remember, I told you there was two types of unbelief. One is unbelief, unfaithfulness, or distrust. The other is willful unbelief or disobedience. The Lord's answer to ignorance is always mercy. The Lord's answer to willful disobedience is some good fivefold ministry, some good correction, but still with the intent of you coming to repentance because he loves you. I was just sharing uh, something with somebody in a session recently, and I told him, I said, one day the Lord asked me a question, will you love Judas? Just for giggles, real quick, right now in this moment, I want you to think about the one person that hurt you the worst in your life. Right now, I want you to f- I want you to remember the person that that caused the most pain in your life in this moment. Are you with me? Are you there? Guess what? Jesus died for them. Jesus loves that person. You know he put a thief in charge of the money, right? He knew who he was from the beginning, and yet his love never changed for him. He did not treat that person differently. He, 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 all the disciples were treated the same, and he had a choice all the way up to the end when he betrayed him. But Jesus loved him. He wasn't faking his love for him. When Jesus says, love your enemies, I tell married couples all the time, why don't you just start treating each other like your enemies? And your relationship will get better. Do you understand what I just said? Jesus said, love your enemy. And he he told you what that love looks like. So some of you, if you want a better marriage, just start loving your spouse the way Jesus said, love your enemy. And it might improve. Maybe. Did I go too far? Did I cross a line? So what's your unbelief this morning? Because this is a giant in the church, it's a massive giant. You want to know how I can tell you it's a giant? Because when I start talking about supernatural encounters and experiences with the Lord, people go numb and go straight into unbelief, and they and they start making. Because we've lost our biblical worldview in the Western church, we have a natural worldview in the church. And that's why you see all the advertising from pastors that tell you how they can give you this amazing formula to build your church from 200 to 2,000. Well, I don't want 2,000 disgruntled sheep. That was not pastoral. I mean, what I'm saying is, is this. We've gotten to the place in the Western culture that we think that if we... If we implement programs and formulas that somehow it's going to twist God's arm to move in our midst. And it has nothing to do with that. Programs and all these things should be a result of God moving in our midst. And we implement those things to steward what the Holy Spirit's doing in our midst. We, We can't create a structure and think that, oh, God's got to breathe on this. He doesn't have to breathe on that. He might might breathe his fire fire on it, burn it down, and start over. (laughs) Psalms 127 says that unless the Lord builds the house, those that labor, labor in vain. So are we going to wait and find out what he's wanting to build? Are we going to stay in timing with him? And then when he offends what you think you know about him, you keep coming closer to him. You know, when Jesus told the woman, it's not right for the dogs to get the bread, that was not a compliment, y'all. Jesus offended her in that moment, but it was a test. It was cloaked. And what did she say? She was, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs from the table. And her prayer was answered. Because it wasn't yet time for the Gentiles to be dealt with in that moment. And yet her faith pulled that in. look at the life of David and study his life and he actually pulled aspects of new covenant living into his day because of his relationship of the Lord. So, if there's types of unbelief that will shut down The Lord down from flowing through you will hinder somebody's breakthrough. But the antidote to that is prayer and fasting. How come our worship and prayer services aren't this full? Why is it historically, when we do prayer meetings—not just not here, but historically, big picture—why is it they're the least attended? meeting when actually that's the most important thing jesus said my house is supposed to be a house of prayer i had somebody a visitor come up some months ago and before we had the new chairs you're welcome and uh and their blessed assurance was a little sore because we went 45 minutes worshiping and they said why in the world he asked me if he could ask me a question I put the armor on I said sure and and he goes why do you worship for 45 minutes I said well that's easy I said worship's for the Lord I said the sermon's for you and I got that from my friend John I wish I would have come up with that it was brilliant but the Lord quickened that in me in that moment
0: and then he asked me
1: why do we why do we repeat the same words over and over I said, I have a question. What's the number one song in heaven? It's found in Revelation. Holy, 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 holy. Around the clock. Around his throne. And he never gets tired of hearing holy. I said, so rather than you looking at that as an obstacle or a hindrance, why don't you look at it as an invitation to go deeper in worship and experience him? What does it look like to allow the Lord to eradicate unbelief in your life this morning? What what does it look like for us to say we're all in? Lord, you're already in here, so you might as well have the rest of the rooms. What does that look like? What does it look like to let him permeate the pain with his light and his love, his healing? What does it look like for you to stop disassociating these places and re-engage him and allow him to bring homeless so that there's nothing missing and nothing broken? What, What does it look like for you to live as... Him protecting you and you not protecting yourself from others. If your life is hidden in Christ, what can they steal from you? Paul's in prison. He's saying, pray for me. This is why I'm in prison, the persecutions. I'm filling up in my body the sufferings of Christ, what's lacking. What's he saying? He's saying persecution should be greater and, and more widespread in this moment. But it's not because you're not living a life worthy of persecution, so I'm filling that up in my own body in this moment for you. This room right here, this room right here, could absolutely not just change our region, it could change our state and beyond. There was a whole bunch of uh, turmoil yesterday in our local area because a young 19-year-old spirit-filled believer won city council. In fact, he's the youngest, his name's Roman, he's the youngest city councilman ever in Kerrville. And there were some people all upset and got their underwear in a knot. And I just posted, I do recall Jesus taking some teenagers and changing the world. You ever wonder why kids can see the glory of God so quickly and us adults so many times have to fight fast and kick and scream to get into that place? We've learned not to trust it's that simple. We've learned to put up our guards and, and and be suspect of every single person around us because we all have the stories. We all have reasons why you can't come into this room anymore. But Jesus didn't die for half of you or three quarters of you. there's probably some people that feel like they showed up this morning in a last-ditch effort hoping that God might meet them where they're at because internally they don't feel like they can go further maybe it's a silent cry maybe it's a pain silent suffering that you've never told anyone but Jesus is knocking this morning what if he's better than you think what if he's not what the enemies whispered in your ear what if he actually didn't have anything to do with the abuse you went through what if he wasn't the cause of that what if he had nothing to do with the addictions in your family? What if he had nothing to do with the molestation you've gone through? What if he had nothing to do with all the pain and suffering that you've experienced in your life? What if John 10.10 10 is actually true? What if it? What if you can split life into two categories? The enemy came to steal, kill, destroy, but I have come to give you life and more abundant but the only way into that abundant life is through you taking up your cross and giving up your right to be right and doing things on your own terms losing your life so you can find it in him that's the gospel and to the degree that you lose yourself and surrender is to the same degree that you find life it took me a long time to get to that place I went through seven years of molestation by an uncle that blew his head off in front of my mom later in life. And, and even towards the end of so many years of inner healing, going, God, does this ever get over? <laughs> I thought all this crap was done. Sorry. Um, that, that's Greek for a crapolo. And wondering, like, you know, I thought all these lies that had been implanted into me were ripped out but God's dancing this beautiful dance in the midst of your pain and wooing you in to surrender because of his goodness that's washing over you there's a lost and dying world needs to know him that needs to see him inside of us we need to be ministering out of an overflow of our relationship with him don't leave here this morning holding on to pain Holding on to willful disobedience, holding on to unbelief. Some of you need to pick your torch of intercession back up this morning and begin to believe for your loved ones again. I felt like somebody in here, it's like you literally laid your torch down praying for a child it's not over it's not over don't give up if I can have a a few folks for the prayer team to come forward
0: thank you for listening for more messages and other resources please subscribe to this podcast or go to our website at
1: www.crosskingdom.org. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just
0: about anywhere.
1: This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky.